You are tampering with forces you can't understand. We have major corporations sponsoring this event. You are tuned in to the Fantasy Wire HQ Quick Cast. Today's show is brought to you by Full Time Fantasy, home of the Fantasy Football World Championships. We're also a proud member of the Full Time Fantasy Network. Check them out online at fulltimefantasy.com. Alright, my guest today has been playing fantasy football since the beginning, from the bottom to the top, from the newspapers to the apps. He is the OG. You can find him on Twitter at Mitch Zimmer 2020. We welcome in Mitch Zimmer. Thanks for the time today. I appreciate you hopping on with me to talk some NFL. I feel like I should have my John Facenda voice with the NFL Films intro music. The autumn wind is a... <laughs> right? No, the voice of God. Yes. You know, uh, he was he was based out of Philadelphia and that's kind of where NFL films, which was also, you know, kind of based in the Philadelphia area, got to know him back in the day. He was a newsman on uh, one of the local stations in Philadelphia and he had that voice of God. Yes. which I guess I guess now Morgan Freeman has the voice of God. But, you know, back then it was John Facenda. Yeah. Facenda and the NFL films, man. I can't tell you the amount of video I grew up off watching those VHS tapes and the DVDs later and all the stuff. They had, man, so much good stuff. We You got to credit them for everything visual that you see with the NFL today. Absolutely. The, the guy had an idea. I, look, you know, when you're a creative individual and you have an idea that's unique and that people want, uh, it's going to work. I mean, I used to, every time I saw a new invention, I would say, you know, I'm a pretty creative guy. How come I didn't think of that? Right. <laughs> all it took, I, I, right? I, all it took was thinking of one crappy video game called Minecraft with 8-bit graphics in a yep. world where nobody wants that and then dump it on the kids. They love it and sell it for millions of dollars, right? We could, If we could have yeah. only thought of that stupid Minecraft game. No, and you know what else? You know, when my, my my oldest is 38 years old, but when he was little, you know, th- there was a whole thing about how you baby-proof your house and those little pluggy things that you put in your sockets, your outlets, your right. electrical outlets. I wish I would have invented that. I mean, my Lord. Yeah. You know, just things that, that people use every day and take for granted. And I'm saying, you know what? Why didn't I think of that? My kid, you know, I wanted to keep my kid away from the sockets and the outlets. Well, whatever. That's so right. It's, it's, we're ready for another NFL season without a preseason. Correct. Zero preseason is screaming to me that the first quarter of the season is going to be extremely rusty, slow, sluggish. And then maybe, what do you think? November, it should start clicking. And, uh, depending on rosters and players that are in or out from COVID, you'd think that everything would kind of gel together. The teams get their identities in place. They are who we thought they were in the famous words of Dennis green. 
and uh you know the the landscape kind of takes shape i i would think that's how i'm kind of looking at the season right now that's how i think it would go down what about you i i agree in some cases in some divisions in other divisions you know one of our storylines is new coaches what's interesting about the new coaches three of the four teams in the NFC East have new coaches and I think those those three teams are going to be falling all over themselves uh I, I don't care what kind of talent Dallas Cowboys have and whatever and and I don't think they I don't think any of those teams are going to get out of the gate uh even after a few weeks to gel yeah. uh, I just don't see it but um may, maybe maybe some of the teams uh I'd like to I I think Kansas City is a good example of a team that may start a little slow when they're trying to feel out their backfield now but uh they may you know may not come out of the gate strong they may I mean Mahomes is great but I it, assuming Kansas City does not come out of the gate strong I could see them being the epitome of what you just described about a team rallying at the end yeah well, we're going to talk some nfl today and we're going to go you know real kind of nfl preview before we get into that you know i gotta ask you for the fantasy you got your fantasy stuff ready you got your drafts coming up this month is is draft season i'm calling it on twitter and i've got my family league coming up on next saturday we have our league that we're in i think two weeks from now right. or something and then uh you know a host of others but you got everything dialed in for for your fantasy stuff i and and because some of these leagues are totally different rules than others and scoring systems yeah. it's it's int- and different platforms it, it, it's interesting how i have to really try to keep everything straight and i am ready because i have decided to to bail out of about two of the leagues I was in last year, uh, three of them actually. And um, the only new one I joined is the one with you. Cool. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I just literally got my championship fantasy belt in the mail today, UPS from Undisputed Belts. Ooh. And that's one I'm doing as a side thing on the family league. I, I created this hybrid league. I don't know. Tell me, tell me what you think of this. I took... The idea of DraftKings and FanDuel, right? You know, you you set a lineup however you want, pick any player with a budget. I rolled that into like a little bit of best ball action. So what I'm going to do is have a 20-man roster. You construct the team any way you want. You have a budget to spend just like you do in, you know, DFS. Put together the best team you can. Set it and forget it just like best ball. Let it ride. Highest scoring team overall at the end of the season wins the league and the belt will be this the prize for it so i just got that in the mail i'm really excited nobody knows about it i'm gonna drop it on them for draft day as a surprise and that'll kind of run parallel along our standard family league which is a redraft and normal you know fantasy stuff nothing crazy but just something fun to do on the side because this season is i don't know what to expect you know it could fall off it could your your team could be out of it in a couple weeks it's hard it's hard to say what how it's going to go down especially after watching baseball well yes and and my team is one of the ones that are like only one and two only played three games yeah uh the the phillies i I don't know what's going to happen with that yeah so i'd Uh, hate to see something like that happen with the nfl or 
it just gets to the point where it's such a, a competitive unbalance that the week's games, you're just like, oh, my God. Uh, you know, you got XFL guys starting or you, you couldn't even I name two of the players, right? Something like that. I would hate to see it go to that, but something to keep it interesting, I guess, for fantasy purposes. So I'm going to try that league out and see how it goes for, for this season. But I'll tell you what, Undisputed Belts does a damn good job on those belts. That thing is legit. I, I mean... Yeah. That thing is the real deal. There is not a there is not a speck or an ounce of cheap or fake plastic anything on that belt. It is like the real deal belt. I'm so impressed by it. I I can't wait to to whip that thing out and be like, here's what we're playing for this season. What do you think? And everybody's gonna go nuts. So um is it a secret or you want uh, myself and our listeners to know how much you paid for something like that. Well, they, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not, I mean, they're not sponsoring me. I've asked them, but until that, you know, no, it's, I thought it was pretty fair. If you, if you want a standard belt, I think it was on the site for like 129 and they cut yeah. you out a real nice um, placard front end, you know, fantasy football. It's got a high stepping guy with his helmet and, you know, pads and everything. And then it's got the little pieces along the sides. And that to me, it, that's, that's enough. That's legit. That's totally awesome. Beautiful. You can, you can upgrade to like I think it's 172 and they will like custom etch you anything you want on there. I mean a custom your league name, a little logo. They've got all kinds of good stuff on the website that you could pick from and some other stuff too if it's like a beer league, if it's fishing, you know, world's champion fisherman or something. If something even unfantasy related, not even fantasy related, they'll make it. And it was really cool. They had all kinds of stuff. So I I figured, you know, for the first year, I'm going to run it, just see what it's all about and get it in. And maybe I'll upgrade to a, a different, you know, team league name placard or front end piece. And you can get them in gold or silver, white belts, black belts. It's it's really customizable. And that's what's pretty cool about it. So shout out to them, man. I'm there. That's a kick ass, kick ass belt. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So this the, the league you're doing it, you, you pick a team. And you have a, a you know a, a budget, yep. but that's your team for the whole year, and then your teams are going to be playing head to head with each other. But Correct. It said it, forget it. So uh, I assume no trades, no waivers, none of that. Correct. Yeah, there'll be a, like a twenty man roster. Teams will face off each week. The highest rated players win, and then you just move throughout the season, and the highest overall scoring team, like best ball style wins the whole deal. So if, if we do it, I mean, it could be kind of like soccer where every few years you're going to get a guy that is the double champ and that guy could win the family league, the redraft league. Right. And then win the side league to like a roto style kind of league. I don't know what to really name this thing yet. Um, I was calling it the roto league to start, but you know, imagine you win both double champ status. You get the huge, I got another trophy. Um, the big, what is it? Like a four footer from trophy smack. And that's what's dedicated for the redraft league. So if you got both championships, the belt and the the real deal trophy, man, that's that's primo. You're on top of the world right there. Nice, yeah. So everybody in you, everybody in the redraft league is committed to being in this one as well. Correct, yeah. So you'll just we'll nice. do it. I, I sent them all like a budget sheet. You know, I said just highlight your guys. I've already got price totals in there. It's super easy. And uh, I said just email it back to me by September 1st, and then we'll count them. I'll upload them into the the app and uh, track it from there so they can just browse it when they want, check it out. And it's, it's a kind of done deal, but I want to do like a little hybrid thing with it, make it interesting. 
I should try something like that too. I have a totally different strategy for best ball than I have in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Totally different. And, uh, and, and I've already been in about, well, most of them were five and $10 with pretty much the same cast of characters, but I must be in seven or eight best ball leagues. And I pretty much use the same strategy in most of them. Um, so I'm going to be sinking or swimming uh, in, in a lot of those leagues uh, yeah. with, with my top seven or eight people. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a anyway, good ride. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into the NFL here. And we're going to start with the, uh, the easy one. We will pick some division winners. So what did I say? I said I would get the NFC and you want, or no, you want the NFC and I got the AFC. I can't remember. No, we we didn't really uh, settle on it, but wh- why don't you take uh, the NFC and I'll take the AFC. Okay. All right. Well, for me, I'm looking at the NFC and sizing up division winners here, and I got to go with my Packers here for the North. The South, I got to go the Saints. As bad as I want to say Tampa Bay with Gronk and Brady and that whole fun deal, I, I really think it's the Saints. That defense is still no joke. Um Drew Brees is steady. They added Emmanuel Sanders. They've got Jared Cook at tight end. They've got some more stuff. Kamara, they they don't have to hone in on Michael Thomas, I don't think, this year. They can spread the ball around. I think they're a little more, even more balanced. And I do like Sean Payton as a coach. I I almost give him the upper hand over Arians. I like Arians a lot, too. But I kind of edge out uh, Payton there. I just His play calling, he's what he does within the games, the adjustments, things like that. So I think that's going to be a really good chess match in that division. But ultimately, I think the Saints win that out. And then in the East, you'd said earlier off the top about, you know, the new coaches and new faces and everything there in the East. I still think it's Philly's division to win. I know Dallas is probably coming up, but with a new head coach, too, I always kind of scale them back because they've got a whole new offense to implement. They've got a lot of new pieces in place, things they want to do, things they want to try. So I think Dallas will be good. It'll probably be neck and neck between them, two. But I'd say the Eagles take that one. And the NFC West, I think that's a really up-and-coming, fun division to watch as far as playing out for a top dog spot because Arizona's coming up. We saw the Rams you know, a couple years ago. They're going to kind of rebuild, I guess, it looks like, and, and they'll be back before you know it, the Seahawks. But um, I'm going Seattle all the way. They just signed Adams away from the Jets. That kind of shores up their back end of safety. They still got problems on defense. I don't think he cures all just by signing one aggressive safety. He is a top dog, you know, change the tilt the field type player. But um, I think they still need some more, more help on that defense. But they got enough to get what, you know, forget as far as they got last season, you'd think they can take it a next a next step further, win the division again, maybe do a little run, deeper run in the playoffs. We'll see. But with Russell Wilson. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the division there. So I'm going to go Seattle Seahawks, Philly, New Orleans, and Green Bay for the NFC leaders. Okay. Um, Do you want me to give my choices now for the NFC or go right to the AFC? Whatever you want to do. Well, I agree with you about New Orleans and Philadelphia. And I agree with you about Philadelphia – for the same reasons. Uh, I just don't think any of the new coaching staff and new schemes that are going to happen in the NFC East are going to come to fruition. 
uh, in time to uh, really overtake what I believe will be strong out of the gate with Philadelphia. Uh, and that's my dogs in the background. And I certainly agree with you about New Orleans. I don't agree with you about Bruce Arians being a great coach. I, I, I don't, I just don't see it with this guy. Um, Brady, my dog's name is Brady. <laughs> um, because I won, I won thousands with Tom Brady in a, in a, uh, in a dynasty league. I, I've been in for years. Um, <clears throat> I think Minnesota is going to be the, uh, the North champ. Uh-oh. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, well, you like my age. Uh, and uh, out west, I'm still liking San Fran. Okay. Uh, I, I I think they have a better defense than than uh, than Seattle, and that's what it's going to take to uh, keep Arizona, which may very well have a high flying offense this year as well as the Rams, which have already proven that they have a pretty stout offense with or without Todd Gurley. Uh, the 49ers defense, I think, could keep them at bay and take that division. Um, moving to the AFC, uh, the North Baltimore by a mile, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, in the South, Indianapolis. Yes. I, I know a lot of people are, are thinking Tennessee, maybe. Uh, it, it's just Baltimore for me there. Uh, Indi excuse me, Indianapolis there. Uh, in the West, I'm going to save the East for last. In the West, Kansas City. Until, until proven otherwise, I don't care what they do with running back because Andy Reid can turn um, – coal into diamonds with running backs anytime he wants. Right. And he already has Pat Mahomes and a couple of fast guys on the outside and Kelsey and the defense is probably one of the better improved ones over the course of the last half of last season for sure. And they showed you what they could do in the Super Bowl. Uh, so I think Kansas city's taking the West and the East new England. I mean, with Brady, they still have Belichick, and the Jets are horrible. Miami's worse, and Buffalo's not there yet, in my opinion. So that's that's what I have for the AFC. I like it. I'm going to go Ravens, obviously, for the North. That's going to be a good AFC North division, too, this year, I think. Um, South, I've got Indy as well. I do like the addition of rivers and I know everybody makes fun of rivers and he's done. He's washed up, but he is still a good quarterback behind a good line. And I think he upgrades that offensive line jump into Indy. And he's also got a coach that knows him, knows his tendencies, okay. know his strengths, weaknesses. So I think it's a good situation for him. I thought that was probably one of the more perfect fit free agent signings in the off season. And then the yep. AFC West. Yeah. Chiefs. No doubt. Andy Reid is, is the man. No coach. He's got to be one of my favorite coaches. I, I just love that guy. The um And the AFC East, I was going to go Bills. I'm going Bills. I think the Patriots, their days of rain are over, at least for this season. I think the Bills are, are up and coming right now. I don't think 
they're world beaters just yet, but I think they've got enough in the tank to win that East division. And with Allen, Diggs, Brown, Beasley, they got enough on offense to get it done. Mostly too with the Patriots, they've had the, you know, what, 11 people opt out on defense. The defense is going to be hurting. That's probably that. That's that, a key point. I haven't really kept in, 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 in the loop with how many on a daily basis people opt out of football because I'm kind of watching baseball right now. Same, yeah. Um, I'm trying to get some baseball in. <laughs> you know, and 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 you know, my new cable system here. Uh, I I didn't even know I have it, but I can get every major league baseball game. So, nice. Yeah, um, I I just think the defense they're going to be hurt with linebacker wise and just. Uh, as a whole, as a unit, you know, maybe they're, maybe they don't really take that big of a step back and we're all just overthinking it, but I kind of think they do. And then without uh, Brady, you know, no, running that offense to how it needs to be run, you've got Cam Newton stepping in for the first time in a Belichick offense. We'll see what he does with them. You still got Jared Stidham, whether he plays or not, or at some point you don't know. I just a lot of too many, too many working things. I guess that are going against them, in my opinion, looking from the outside for now. But I think yeah, this is, well, if they've if there's it, ever an opportunity to seize the East, the Bills have got to do it now, right? That's I mean, it's not going to be well, you, open long. You're you're right, you're right about that. Now, what you said earlier about their reign may be over. I assume you mean their division reign because last yeah. year their their reign was over, in my opinion, last year, predicated on how deep they did not get in the playoffs. You see. So that's, to me, it's a measure of success for New England if they at least get to the Super Bowl, whether they win it or lose it. Anything less than that is a step back already for the New England Patriots, for me. Uh, And I think they'll win the division, but I think that's all that's going to happen for them because I don't see them being in the Final Four in the the American Conference. Yeah, yeah. So we've got... Three different ones. I got the Packers, you got the Vikings, I got the Seahawks, you got the Niners, and I got the Bills, you got the Pats. My going back to this uh NFC West, my only thing on the Niners, I love that defense too, but I was just thinking I feel like they went backwards offensively with Debo Samuels. Get you know, he's hurt, he may not may or may not play week one or maybe a lingering foot issue. Sanders is gone. The, I know they've got Mostert and Coleman and the, the backfield, but I feel like offensively they just don't have enough to get over the hump. And I know it, it seemed like that last season, but going back and watching them again or looking at things, I think they did have a decent offense as far as weapons and, and things that they players they could scheme into, you know, situational play calls, you know, with Debo out of the backfield or running the ball or screens, bubble screens, stuff like that. There was a lot of different pieces that we're working in place. I think the defense will keep them in a ton of games, but when it yep. comes down to that division, I just see Russell Wilson making the play, you know, it's a, a familiar opponent. So he's not, you know, on the outside seeing them for the first time or scared of them or what have you. And he, he just knows them more. So being in the division. So I think he's the, the wild card difference maker, in my opinion, that's, that's more or less why I'm taking the Hawks. Okay. That, oh, well, look, it's hard to bet against Russell Wilson. That's for sure. Um, so, you know, that there could be some teams that'll surprise us and yeah, well, there always is and San Francisco, if they, you know, they were in the Super Bowl, if they don't make it back to the Super Bowl, if they don't even win the division, you know, that might be a mild surprise, but who knows, uh, who, who really knows it's, I really like them. I, I like the 49ers. I like their coach. 
I, I, I think that um, Garoppolo is pretty good quarterback. I, and I think he's going to take a, another step forward because I think his coach knows how to coach him. Yeah, so, I agree with that. So, you know, I know, I know that the fantasy experts are down on Garoppolo. Oh my God. Yeah. They hate him. I don't think, I, he's, I don't think he's that bad, but he's not, he's not that good either. I think he'll get a little better than he was last season. It's just the weapons. If he had some better weapons, to skill positions there at receiver and whatnot. I know he's got Kittle. Well, I'm sure he'll be a heavy Kittle this season. And he did, he did lose uh, Manuel Sanders. So, yeah, that you know, so he lost the guy that he could rely on there. But, you know, may, we'll see. May, you know, this this coach, I think, can, can really do some things offensively with that team. So That's right. Well, let's jump into some storylines for 2020. A lot of coaches, uh, new faces, new teams, a lot of old ones. He gone! They gone! So we've got new coaches in place. The Giants, the Panthers, the Browns, the the Washington football team. I like I like Washington football club better for some reason. Um, and then Cowboys, and then Dallas Cowboys. So you got Mike McCarthy jumping to Dallas. How interesting would that be for a Dallas-Green Bay playoff game? Yeah, it would be interesting. That would be pretty cool. But <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm not a McCarthy guy. No, I, I think I I I think I, I think he 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 can take a diamond and turn it into coal. That's my opinion. Oh, okay. Not even yeah. his sabbat. You're not even convinced of his sabbatical from his off season uh, watching yeah. film in his basement with his buddies with who was nope. who was that? Uh, Jim. Uh, yeah, the defensive guy. He was a coordinator for a lot of years. I yeah, I see his face. I just can't p- think of his last yeah. name. But uh, yeah, that was. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. He's, he's him and Jara. They're laughing it up down there on the draft this year. This past in April, we'll see how long the the love fest la- will last in Dallas. Oh no, I'm sorry. They <laughs> they, they, they they won't get out of their own way. Uh, so what do you think there? Who who would you say out of that bunch? has the best opportunity to to make some noise. I I don't know. I kind of feel like I I like the Browns more so just as an overall team. I feel like they've got the most balance on offense and defense. It's just that they're in the AFC North and it's a it's a tight one there with the Ravens and Steelers and whatnot, but I think they would come out the gate and make the most noise with a new coach, Stefanski, coming from Minnesota. I mean, he's, he's all about running the ball, tight end play. They got two tight ends with Hooper and Njoku. They got Chubb and Hunt, and they will run the hell out of that ball. They got a free agent right tackle. Uh, was it Conklin, right, I believe, from Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they've upgraded the line. I, th- I, think, I just think overall, if you look at offense and defense, they seem like the most well-rounded team to do well this season. And then maybe Dallas, I know Dallas, their defense has got some, some ground to work up and improve, but I, I don't know. I giants had yeah, every year. They're just seem like they're worse and worse. I like Jones. They flashed a little bit last season, Carolina with Bridgewater. That's hard to say. I don't, I'd say Washington be last Cleveland to be first. You could probably just throw the other three like dice and see how they come up and you couldn't go wrong. All right, here here's the thing. New York, 
New York football giants, right? Their coach is named who? Right. It, it, he was like the special teams guy from New England. Oh, my right. good, goodness gracious. This is football. You don't get to that level if you completely don't, you know, are completely clueless to some point. Uh, but it's when they become head coaches that uh, their warts start to show. Uh, you know, and um, I can't recall somebody from Belichick's tree that became a successful head coach in the National Football League. Can you? No, and isn't that crazy? That was that was the tree that was supposed to, you know, supply the NFL with great head coaches for the next fifty years. Remember how, you know, those early Super Bowl years for New England it was all oh, you wait Romeo Cornell and. Oh my God, just you can name a dozen of those guys and none of them have done anything. And then you look at the Mike Holmgren tree, Andy Reid, Gruden, you right. know, there's a lot more out of that tree than damn near well, any team. Andy Reid's tree had it, Gruden, well, you know, had, yep. uh, had Jim, uh, Jim uh, not Jim, um, Harbaugh from Baltimore. Right. And uh, Peterson. Yeah. Andy Reid's tree, you know, is, is more successful than Belichick's tree. No, I'm sorry. So Judge, uh, you know, the only thing he's got going for him is he picked up that linebacker from the Packers uh, that I think is going to be a stud. Oh, Blake Martinez? Martinez. And I'm going to yeah. be all over him in my IDP league. Um, I love Blake Martinez. Yeah, he was great as a Packer. He was all over the field. He was a leading tackler for a couple seasons. I mean, he knew the defense. He was a great player. He just, I don't know what it is with Green Bay, but if they have a linebacker that's not flashy enough, they don't like him. He could, just like A.J. Hawk, when they had A.J. Hawk, right. well, he's not flashy enough. He, he's not, you know, popping guys and shooting helmets off a guy. I mean, just the guy's just a stud. He, he does all the dirty work, makes all the tackles gets up and goes right back to the huddle. They don't like that for some reason. I don't know why, you know, they, the AJ Hawk pick, they hated it when they drafted him. They never, they kind of warmed up to him after a bit, but then the same with Blake Martinez, they, the pick, it was like out of Stanford. What, who, who is this guy? And then he's going to do well in New York. This guy's going to do well in New York. I think he will. You know, the giants, you know, I, I, I kind of there's a couple of players on that team I like, fantasy wise, but that doesn't mean they're going to win ball games. So you know, there's that. Right. Then then there's Carolina. You you can have Matt Rule. I'm sorry, I'm I'm not a Matt Rule guy. Temple and Baylor, he had some success, no. and and that, no. now he's got um, the coordinator, uh, LSU coordinator, right, Joe Brady. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, that 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 was the guy that coached up uh uh burrow right joe burrow uh no uh, rule if he surprises me that's fine but there's a team that is really taking a step back i don't know where they're taking a step back from and i don't know where matt rule is gonna fit in in the lexicon of nfl coaches um he's gonna have to show me a lot uh, may, maybe it's the whole temple thing. Uh, Bruce Arians also, uh, didn't exactly, you know, I, 
I don't, I don't know what's going on over there either. I, I just don't, I'm not thrilled with either one of those guys. Matt Rule, I know I've gotten into arguments about Matt Rule, uh, but I don't think Carolina, you know, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe we'll be here, you and I, like we did last year where we did the postmortem on the, on the, uh, on the regular season uh, and the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. I'll, I'll state right here. I was wrong. If I, was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like, well, you got Teddy Bridgewater. Is he going to throw the ball down the field? They've got Christian McCaffrey's a stud, DJ Moore, Samuel. They got Robbie Anderson. So I feel like they've got enough on, on offense to do something. I just don't know what the guy's going to do. Like, I, I don't Santa, know what is, what's the team what, identity. What's, what's their style, you know, like the calling. New York football, like the New York football giants. You don't get me wrong. There'll be players on that team that are going to do well for your fantasy team. I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to win as many games as it takes to get into the postseason this year. What yeah. uh, Washington to me, you know, that's the team that Rivera went to, right? Yes, Carolina North. Yeah, but I'm I'm sorry, man. That they they need some players there. Whew, they need a lot. I I can't see them doing much of anything. I mean, and like you, same as what you just said, fantasy wise, there's some players I like on that team. Sims, Haskins, McLaren. That's about it. Darius Geis, if he can play the whole season, it. I don't know what Rivera would even if he's going to try to replicate what he did in Carolina with McCaffrey and the running backs there. They they brought in a ton of backs. See if one of them emerges, but you still got Adrian Peterson there. Haskins is young quarterback. We'll see how it plays out. That's a I think that's just a bottom dweller team for this season. They're not as bad as Miami, but they're bad. Right. Uh and and in Cleveland, I think they're going to they're going to wipe the stench off that the last regime has had. I think, uh, I think their new coaches may be able to do something with the talent they have there. They have talent on both sides of the ball. I think the last couple of head coaches and coaching staffs that they had just couldn't get, I, I don't know what it is, that, why they couldn't get that talent to do better, but they couldn't. I think maybe they'll be able to turn the corner this year, even with a new t- coaching staff. Uh, are they good enough to, come anywhere near the Baltimore Ravens. Mm, I I don't know. I think it's going to be the them and Cincinnati kind of battling out to see who can like get out of their own way faster. Yeah. And, uh, and I think Cleveland has some, has some players, uh, young players that are going to take the next step up and without the stench of the former coaching regime, I think they can do it. Now all the owner has to do is stay the heck out of the way. Yes, God. Uh, there, there as well. Same with Washington, and I guess that leaves Dallas, right? Uh, Dallas probably has the most talent of any of these five teams listed. I mean, anytime you have Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott, you're really starting off with a uh, uh, with a good complement of offensive players. They have some good players on defense also. Uh, that that I like very much. Um, I think Philadelphia, as I said earlier, is going to win that division. You do too. But of these five teams, uh, I think it's uh, Dallas and the four dwarfs. Yeah. Yeah, Dallas will be second, I would think. 
because yeah, talent wise, you can't ignore it. It's just what what's McCarthy going to do play calling wise down there offensively. The clapper, Jason Garrett is out. So, well, the, oh yeah, he went to the Giants, right? Now he's going to be the coordinator for the Giants. Yeah. And I, I forgot cool. about that. Which I I don't remember if he ever was with the Giants before, but when I was younger, uh, living growing up in New York, uh, his father uh, was an assistant with the Giants for years. I think his name is Jim Garrett, uh, and uh, so Jason is actually a second generation coach. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, yeah, that'll so- be interesting. Of you know him on the other side of the ball, the Cowboys and. He knows them better than anybody for, you know, one year removed. So that could, those could be some interesting games too. Exactly. And, and again, um, I know McCarthy has a couple of, uh, of, of good assistants. Um, and, uh, well, they at least in my opinion, they don't have to worry too much about Washington. So no, and, and probably the giants as well. So, uh, that's you know that's it. So then, is it the guy you were thinking of earlier, Jim Thomasula? Nope. It's I thought he was a head coach. He bounced around as a coordinator. Then he got a couple cracks at head coaching, and I I swear it was Jim something, but I cannot think. He's got the blonde hair. Yeah. Tight cut. I cannot think of his last name. It'll come to me at some point, and I'll blurt it out. You know, at some random okay. time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that happens to me all the time. As soon as we. Uh, and this uh, uh, this podcast, it'll come to you right away, and you're gonna right. Say, oh, yeah, wait, let me get Mitch back. That's right. No. That's right. And then next up would be your your Eagles. So I'm you're the Eagles expert here. I'm asking, is there like a new Eagles identity, like an offensive makeover coming? Because when I look at the pieces for the speed this team is developing and the skill positions, the receivers, Deshaun Jackson, I know he's a he's a boomer bust guy in fantasy, but he's a speedster. He can take the top off of defenses. Jalen Rager, who they picked up in the draft, a healthy Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders. I'm looking at it, and I like it. Is this a, like a new look Eagles, or are they do, what are they doing out there? Yeah, no, it it is because I think they're going to settle. I I know they talk about a lot of mounts to feed, and and I know um, Boston Scott did very nicely for them down down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, it, but this is going to be Miles Sanders' uh, team. It's going to be my. I think the identity, speed or no speed, I think the identity is going to be a power team. I think you're going to see a lot of two tight ends because both of those guys are really good. Yeah, I don't have to tell you about Zach Ertz. The, the only thing that's going to keep Zach Ertz's family uh, fantasy uh, stock a little lower than say uh, Kelsey and Kittle is the re- emergence of Dallas Goddard. Right. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a really good player. Yeah, he's uh, definitely part of the offense. I mean, he's included in there. He's not a flash every few games. He's part of that offense. He's always making plays. He's scoring a touchdown. Some he's getting involved one way or the other. And you're going to get you're going to get the Penn State version of Miles Sanders and uh, you know, they'll bring in the cha- change of pace guys. Uh and I think uh, they picked the guy they picked in the first round, the wide receiver Rigger, uh, is he's gonna he's gonna show some flashes, um, but 
I think it's going to be a power offense. The offensive line is big, strong hosses down front. Uh, I think that uh, they know how to coach an offensive line over there. Uh, I think the two tight ends are going to really flummox a lot of defenses because you you know you can't you can't single cover either one of those two guys. And with the speed, whether they're productive or not, if you take the top off the Eagles by covering the speed guys, you're going to see a lot of damage by Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard. Uh, and, and probably you might free up some more Zach Ertz. A lot of the reason why Zach Ertz's fantasy production dipped is not only because of the emergence of Dallas Goddard, but he was the guy that was double teamed all the time. I don't think they can do that with, with some of these speed receivers that the Eagles have now. Uh, and, uh, and, and that, and that's going to be their new identity. I like it. I, I like it. It's just watching the draft and everything they've been saying pretty much this off season. I kind of, I like what Peterson's doing over there and it, 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 he wants to take them down the field, speed, fast, Miles Sanders. I do like him. A lot of people, he's kind of hit or miss. I think in the fantasy world, people either love him or hate him, or he's going to suck or he's going to do good. <laughs> you know, it's like one, one extreme or the other with that guy, but I do like him and I'm going to, I have him in a couple leagues so far and I'm going to try to get him in a couple others too coming up. So that offense is, is coming along. I think that'll be pretty dangerous over the next season or two. Once we get back to normal from this coronavirus stuff, you know, and they can start gelling and getting on the field and getting in the, in the system. I think they will be really, really scary in the East. That's right. And, and uh, I, I don't disagree. And normal, you used that word a moment ago for whatever that's worth. Right. Right. And then obviously the two quarterbacks, of the NFL, 1A and 1B, Mahomes and Jackson. What are your expectations this year for these guys? I think uh, off the top, I mean, Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. Lamar pretty much finishes the same way Mahomes did the prior year, which is very interesting. That Those storylines, how similar they are, is absolutely insane. The, um, the only difference for me, I think Lamar Jackson's got to take it to the next level now as a passer. He's improved the past couple seasons and everything he's said in the off seasons, he's delivered, you know, I'm going to get in the playbook and learn the plays. I'm going to do this. They brought in Greg Roman, you know, he got dialed in his accuracy, still has, you know, more to go. He's not complete, you know, he's not the Patrick Mahomes passer, but is he is dangerous? Absolutely. Makes the plays with his legs. He's all over the place. Um, he did avoid a lot of hits. I mean, last season was always going to get hit and he's done. He's little, his frame can't handle it. Well, he made it the whole season. He's just so elusive. And I think he knows when to get out of bounds. He knows when to get down. He still takes some shots, but in the grand scheme of things, I think he does keep it to a minimum. And Greg Roman and uh, Harbaugh have said this off season that they're going to, they're going to change it up this season. Offensively, you're not going to get the same stuff you did prior. They're going to have to. You know, now team defense has got plenty of tape on Lamar Jackson. And then Patrick Mahomes, you got to avoid the Super Bowl hangover, man. They got to come back fire and you want to repeat. You got to take it to the next level. I think Andy Reid can definitely motivate that team. I mean, I'd, I'd run through a wall for that guy, right? If he's, if he's coaching me up. So you, you think the, uh, hopefully the Super Bowl hangover is not going to affect them. It may or may not, but I just think Mahomes is too good to let something like that. He's just, he's driven. He's a different kind of guy, so I think he can really take it next level too. And now with McCole Hardman, 
on a, on the offense for them with Watkins and and Hill. I think Hardman's going to get some more more action this season, and that's a lot. Talking about speed on offense, right? Hill, Hardman, Watkins. They've got the rookie and Clyde Edwards Hilary that is the savior per Twitter. He is God has risen as CEH, and he is playing for the Chiefs. If you ask anybody on Twitter, it's just going nuts with that guy. But he's a he's a playmaker too, and I think he's going to get in the action. But overall, I I really like the Chiefs to do some damage this season. Why not? Why not get back? And if if defenses try to again take the top off the ball, which is hard with with Kansas City's wideouts and Mahomes' arm, you have Kelsey, right? So you have that. My question to you about the Ravens uh, and uh, Lamar Jackson, do you think at all the presence of having RG3 there uh, can get into Jackson's ear and kind of tell him what not to do to kind of stay healthy? Because RG3 was the poster boy for these running quarterbacks to get his, uh, his head taken off. And his yeah. legs taken off. Maybe, maybe he's resigned to his role as uh, you know, carrying Lamar Jackson's water. And hopefully, maybe he can help tell Lamar Jackson what not to do so that he can stay healthy. Because there's, there's a, a lot of reasons why I like these two quarterbacks, and their offensive lines uh, are one reason. And Baltimore has shored up their uh, dilemma at tight end. So you know who their tight end is now. Uh, there's no question as to who their tight end right. is. And he's 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 really going to take a step up. So with the speed they have outside and with Andrews as the tight end, I, I think that they can almost go player for player with Kansas City. They don't have – a, Ty- a Tyreek Hill yet who's on his level, but they could, they could. And, and if anything, Harbaugh and Roman can bring that out in somebody there, maybe it would be Hollywood Brown. Uh, I don't know. So I think that you have those two guys and then everybody else, you know, in, right. in the NFL, I mean, uh, you know, maybe Russell Wilson these days is the third best quarterback out there at this point. Uh, the, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, he just can't stay healthy. Uh, and, uh, some of the other, you know, guys are older now, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Rogers is getting up there. Rogers, Breeze is getting up there, you know? So, yeah, I I thought the um, RG3 signing, when they brought him in to back up Lamar, I thought that was a perfect, perfect fit because obviously he's got to be humbled, you know, from everything that went down in Washington. And I think, he, you know, he bounced around a little bit there too. But as a quarterback to quarterback in that room, I think it's a perfect fit because they see the same type of field, you know, for, rather than like, say, an Aaron Rodgers or Breeze that are you know, just more pure passers as far as the scrambling, the running, when the play breaks down, the instincts. Those are two guys that more or less are on the same wavelength, right? You got to figure, you know, if Lamar says, I was going to do RG3 fills in the blank, right? (laughs) To talk about a play, break it down or something. So they 
they know each other. They know what, what they got to do. So I think coaching wise and, and the same with the health, like you said, Hey, you got to, you got to push on. You can't take risks that are unnecessary and, and these hits and be careful and this and that. I, I think the coaching is there. I think that's probably helped him a good bit and a lot more than people think. And I think, yeah, he's probably relegated. Hey, this is my role. I'm going to make the best of it. And I give him a lot of credit for not going, you know, full TO on the team. Well, I'm not starting. What? And just making a bad situation of it. So at least he's he's open to it. He's he's done decent. I mean, because he filled in for Lamar half the times fourth quarter every game last season, you know. And he's not well, Lamar Jackson, but he's still got it done. He knows the offense. He's another year into the offense. So if anything it, were to happen, at least you got somebody. Well, it's not at least. You see, this is the thing. He, he, they have the same style of play. Yeah. So for the rest of the offense, it's not like they have to adjust to a different kind of player. Right. For example, when the Philadelphia Eagles lost Carson Wentz, they had to adjust to having um, – uh, McNa- McCown, who is a totally different type of player than uh, Carson Wentz, or the year before when they had Ch- Chase Daniel, a different type of player than Carson Wentz and also half his size. Right. Uh, this way, RG3 is almost a mirror image, if you will, of Lamar Jackson and his style. Yeah. Yeah, I, li- I like it. I think it's a good move and definitely bringing him back. There was some talk that he wasn't going to get re-signed or something. I thought this off season. So I'm glad he's, he's back for another year with him. I am too. Absolutely. And then the biggest, biggest talk of the off season, Brady Gronk listening to the cannons fire in new England. will now be listening to the cannons fire off of the ship in Tampa Bay. So give me your take on each of those teams with and without, you know, Patriots without Brady Gronk and the Bucks with Brady Gronk. What do you, what do you think in this year when you, when you think of those two teams or, you know, these two big pieces of the, the offense for them? Well, look, you know, I'm probably one of the most unabashed Brady truthers out there. Um, I told you, I named my dog after Brady. <laughs> um, I, I have two Boston Terriers and one of them's Brady. Uh, I like naming my dogs after champions. My other oh, dog is yeah, a fictitious champion, but he's a champion. There you go. Uh, so I think that he still has something in the tank. Now, here's the thing with Gronk. Here's the deal. Arians doesn't use his tight ends very well. A lot of people say it, and he's proven it. He had two pretty darn good ones last year, and they both went in the toilet. Right. In my opinion, I don't know how much they're going to use Gronk. Is he going to be a, a, a decoy or is he going to really be an integral part of the, the offense? They have two of the very, very best wide receivers on that team. Brady has never had two guys like this at the same time. Even when he had Randy Moss, he didn't have two guys like this, like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Are you kidding me? Uh, and that's why I thought O.J. Howard should have been better on that team because he had the talent. Um, but let's see. I, I think Brady knows what to do with, with guys like this. New England, um, if Belichick 
if, if he and his people really know how to coach up players and plug people into their system, then um, if um, Cam Newton could stay healthy, then I, I think they're going to do better than Buffalo if Cam Newton could stay healthy. However, since you brought it up, and I really wasn't that aware of the defense being that decimated by uh, opt-outs, if, if they can't stop the other team, I don't know what's going to happen on offense. But they have a good offensive line. It, it, it actually did way, way better in the second half of last year than in the first half of last year. Uh, and the offensive line needs to, uh, needs to step it up. Uh, if Cam Newton is not the quarterback, I have no idea what uh, the other guy is going to do. Uh, he's just a guy, in my opinion. Um, played in, yeah. I barely knew who he was in college, and I and I watched that that conference out west a lot, uh, but I barely I barely knew who he was in college. But if anybody can coach that team, it's going to be Belichick. But they're definitely taking a step back. Yeah, I think you're right. If um, if this truly was, you know, Bill Belichick running the machine, running the show in New England, then they're not going to miss a beat, right? If everything comes together, Cam works out, and they got a defense that's going to keep them in games, they should be fine if that's the way it truly was. And in Tampa Bay, I think, for me, I think Gronk is going to be a bust. I think he's going to get some touchdowns. He's going to do a little bit of damage, but he's he is not the Gronk of old. And the last time we saw him on the field, I mean, he was pretty banged up. He looked pretty bad. Then he goes to an off season where he go, he gets super skinny. You know, the 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 weight's off. He can do what he wants, which is good. All players do that. Now you got to put it all back on, and you got to get in the game shape. You got in the field, all that stuff. He's what thir- I think thirty one or thirty two. So I think he can be effective, but. The expectations, I mean, I just see them on Twitter. They're insane. The, I mean, people think he is going to be Gronk of old. Well, that that's going to be a big bust. That's going to be a huge bust. I don't think he's, he's totally fallen off, but he's not going to be Gronk of old. And then Tom Brady, too. He's a little – I'm with you on Brady because I do like him, but when I look at New England, okay, he has a pretty big fall off from moving the ball down the field. He, I mean, he's declined and declined from downfield shots and – big place, but he never really had decent receivers after Randy Moss, you know, and some of these guys, Edelman, I know is, is your chain mover, your Wes Welker type guy. But overall, when has he had the receivers that he's going to have in Tampa Bay? Not, you're right. Like you said, not for a long time. So can he do some more with them? Absolutely. How's Arians going to tailor an offense to him? That's what I want to see. I want to see what, what he's going to do. If, if he's not, interested in throwing to the tight end like i said gronk was going to be that even more of a bust if they incorporate him more at tom brady's request coach you got to get gronk involved i know you don't do tight end stuff you don't throw to the tight end a lot in the in your offense but we got to get him in, involved they they signed him for a reason you think it's because they're going to get him involved and they're going to do some stuff there but i'll believe it when i see it on the field but yeah with godwin and evans on the outside brady's got He's got a lot of upside, and if his arm is truly dead, then yeah, he's not going to be throwing the ball down the field at all. 
<laughs> but if if Arians wants to air it out, I'm sure he can. And I mean, take all the interceptions away from Jameis Winston last season. That's a Bucks team that would have been in the playoffs, right? So wh- why can't Brady get him over the hump? They got a decent defense. Defense is not awful. It's a good good unit, but with Brady throwing the ball and being more disciplined in in a Bruce Arians system, I like that's what that's what makes me kick up Bruce Arians a bit more because I think with him last season, he's got Jameis Winston who's just going to want to do his own thing, throwing the interceptions. Not ca- you heard his press conference with um, somebody brought up thirty picks and he's you know he's he was proud of it. Like <laughs> what? I mean, he's just delusional. Wow. This guy. So I think with uh, dangerous. Yeah. Has he been signed by anybody? I don't think so. No, he's backing up Drew Brees. He's going to be in New Orleans. New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, so I mean, I'll give here. Here's a Tampa sleeper I have for you. Who's going to be a fantasy sleeper. It's going to be OJ Howard. You think so? I was looking at him. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't decide. I, you know what? I don't, Everybody said, ah, oh, he's dead, he's this, he's that. That was only because they didn't throw to him. Yeah. This, this Tom Brady could use him as the new Gronk. This guy's a beast physically. He really is. Maybe if they put two tight ends out there uh, with Gronk and Gronk's a decoy, uh, you know, because if they single cover Gronk and, and you know, because you have Mike Evans, you have all those people, maybe – you know, he could take attention away from O.J. Howard. And and you don't want to take attention away from a guy with that type of physical talent. You just don't. Yeah, it's so, like a pick your poison on that one. I'm going to say I'm going to say watch out for that guy. Uh, that guy could surprise you. Now, the whole thing's going to go completely in the toilet if Brady can't do squat. Right. And then uh, back to Dallas, NFC East. We we were talking about Mike McCarthy. I know you're not a fan, but what do you think nope. offensively? What kind of makeovers coming for that team? You you pay a lot more attention to that NFC East than yeah. I do, but what do you think he's going to do down there? They, they look. They drafted a really good rookie wide receiver. Uh, they have brought back. Uh, they, um, oh my Dak? lord, we're talking about, yeah, who'd they bring back? The, 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 the other wide receiver that they traded for from Oakland. Oh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Yes. Yep. He, he's got talent. I mean, look, I, I, I think he's got more talent than he even showed at Oakland. And, uh, and, and Dak Prescott, he, now here's the thing I don't know if it was you I told, but, Watch out for their tight end. Their tight end is going to be another tight end sleeper. Everybody's going to be talking about, uh, you know, uh, Kittle and, and Kelsey, and just just watch out for OJ Howard. Watch out for uh, Dallas's tight end, Jarwin, um, and and his name's Blake Jarwin, and he's he's going to be really good fantasy wise. Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried because McCarthy's a guy that does not incorporate a tight end either. And I mean the Packers really never had one since Jermichael Finley, but Yeah, that is true. They don't I'm, uh but this guy's gonna do well. Yeah, I'm curious if he I kind of feel like McCarthy has seen the light and his self reflection and his sabbatical for the offseason. Maybe he 
realizes now that he's got to change some of his play calling tendencies because even the Packer teams, when you look at what what they did to get to the Super Bowl, that offense was very dynamic, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of you know players going in motion and whatnot. And then at the end, when things went south, he was just lining them up and running streaks down the field, beat your man one-on-one. I mean, there's like no zero creativity to that offense at all. So I think if he can get back to a more diversified offense like he did when he won the Super Bowl, he's got the weapons to do it. Zeke, Dak, Cooper, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. I mean, there's plenty of pieces there. Like we said earlier, it's a talented roster, so he can definitely make the most of it. He's just got to do it and be disciplined and call the plays. I mean, he gets... As a play caller, I know he's not going to be calling all the plays there. It's going to be the uh, Kellen Moore, I believe. But with McCarthy, he would get so pigeonholed on passing the ball. He he'd never touch the run. He could go, you know, numerous plays without calling a run at all. And it's you know third and short, he throws a bomb. Well, it's just head scratching stuff like that. So as long as he doesn't get back into that style in Dallas, I think he'll be fine. And then speaking of the Packers, I don't know what you've been hearing out there. I'm in Wisconsin, and it is just like Packers are doing what? Everybody is losing their mind out here, out here for the team. It, it's it's a makeover. Things are changing. That's for sure. This, this is going to be a different Packer team in a couple seasons here. Aaron Rodgers and the love fest may be over, but who knows? It's It's been crazy. Love fest. What's the name of his backup? Jordan Love, rookie pick. There you go. Love, love that's J Lo. They're saying that too a lot here. And they get and they and and uh, they have a, a rookie running back. Yeah, AJ Dillon. Gonna, yeah, I, you know, where, where where do you where do you fall uh, on him or Aaron um, Jones? Well, I love Jones this season. It's a contract year, and everybody is pretty much shitting on Aaron Jones. You know, oh, he he'll regress. This whole, you know, every off season in the Twitter sphere of NFL and fantasy, there's always like these buzz themes or buzz words that go down and people just take it to the extreme. And this season it's regression. Well, it's regression. He's not going to, he's not going to score 16 touchdowns again. There's no way. And they just completely write him off. Don't, don't draft him. He sucks. He's not going to do anything. I I think he's going to, will he regress? Yeah. I mean, players have these, it's just like baseball, right? You get that one player that has like the magic carpet ride season of his life. And then either he never replicates it or he comes close or he just goes back to being what he was. Right. So it's the same thing in the NFL. And for whatever reason, Jones had the magic carpet ride season last season. Will he go backwards a little bit this season? Sure. Yeah, he will. He's not going to carry the whole team again, but it doesn't mean he's, you know, throw him away. He's in a tank. He sucks or what, you know, they're just because they, well, he drafted another running back. Well, that doesn't matter to me. It's a contract year for Jones contract years. You, you always know the players go a little extra on that. And yep. you can't, you can't think that Matt LaFleur doesn't realize how successful he was when he took the reins off of Aaron Jones. If you remember, you know, McCarthy's last two seasons, it was hashtag free Aaron Jones because everybody in this state knew how good that guy was and they just need to feed him the ball. And McCarthy just refused. So LaFleur pulls the reins off and rides him for a season and look what happens. So I don't see why he wouldn't do that again. But now with the, uh, the, the draft pick of AJ Dillon, he's more like a Derrick Henry bruiser type. And the talk here is that, hey, when it's 
more game script dependent, I think. You know, the Packers have a touchdown or two lead. It's going into the third quarter. You're likely to see a little less of Aaron Jones and more of A.J. Dillon. He's going to be fresh. He's a bruiser. He's a big body guy. He's gigantic. And he's going to just pummel that defense and get get the hell out of there for fourth quarter, keep the clock running kind of thing. Now, if it's the opposite where the Packers are down a touchdown or two and it's third quarter, you got to win the game, you probably won't see Dylan at all. You're going to see Aaron Jones 100%. Why? Because he can pass protect. He can catch everything and anything out of the backfield. He's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. We don't know what Dylan is yet. Is he going to be, can he be that or better? We don't know. But not a lot of rookies get thrown into mix with that much trust right off the bat. So I don't see why Jones doesn't do excellent this year. You know, maybe it's not as good as last season, which is fine, but he's going to be the biggest piece of the offense. Do they re-sign him? I I don't think so. I really don't. And that's why Dylan was drafted in place because they, they're going to run Matt LaFleur's offense. And I think he's going to be fine running the ball. It's still going to be the same kind of Packer team we saw this past season. But what I like the most is Aaron Rodgers is single. He does not have a girlfriend. And when he does not have a girlfriend, I think he's a better quarterback. What? He got, <laughs> he got wait a minute, 13 or whatever her from the TV show House, she dumped him? Uh, no, Danica Patrick. Yeah, there oh, was, then it was Danica Patrick. I mean, yeah. I can't keep up with his girlfriend. I know, see, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, Danica is it's off, it's over. Uh, and when and Rogers is single, he's focused, man. The chip is back. I think he's pissed with the draft. Obviously, he said he was you caught him by surprise. He's got a lot of stuff to prove. I know he signed for the long term, but why wouldn't he go all out? He is he's never been the player to um, you know, do the opposite or you know, not show up. I mean, I know he does his own thing last season with McCarthy when that went south, but as far as like treating the the rookie quarterback like crap, he he even said he won't do that because that's what happened to him when he came in with Brett right, Favre. Right. So yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be like a a cancer to the team or anything like uh, that. But I think no, he's going to have he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to sling it this year. I think he'll play more within the system now that he understands what Matt Lafleur is trying to do. And the first season was like a you know a newlywed kind of honeymoon where you like this, oh I like it too. You like that, I love this. You do that, I like that too. And now it's year two. Okay, this is what I want to do. And it's going to be LaFleur calling the plays. This is what we're doing. I don't want to change in the play. Now that he understands the offense a little more, I think now there's some more trust and he can, he can get into the play and trust the rhythm, the timing, you know, the play calling and stuff like that. So I, I think they're all right. Offensively. I, I, I think they're all right. I think so too. Um, I just, I picked Minnesota because I think they, they also have a good team and they have a better defense, but I think Green Bay uh, will surprise some people because uh, they haven't been on the radar like some of the up-and-coming teams like the Ravens and the Chiefs, you know, that kind of thing. So they've kind of been off the radar for a little bit. But they'll surprise some people for sure. Yeah, defensively, they cannot stop the run, and that's where they're going to either fall short again or have an issue all season like they did last season with – with stopping opposing running backs. Miles Sanders ran rough shot over them. I mean, any right. team, uh, you can just run it down their throat. They got the linebackers, the Smith brothers, but the, the trenches, the front, you know, the front four and everything, defensive tackles. They got Kenny Clark. He's a stud, but outside of him, there's really no beef in there to stop the run. So that's the biggest area of improvement there. It's got, it's got to happen or they're not, 
going to be taken seriously. I agree. Uh, I, I agree because Kenny Clark, I mean, he's good, but, you know, he, he can't carry that whole defensive yeah. line on his own. And uh, I think they're doing a makeover in their uh, secondary, too. So I, I just, you know, I think Minnesota's got a better defense than they do. Uh, but Aaron, just circling back, this is Aaron Jones' year. I wish I had more shares of him in best ball, but in some cases uh, he went so high, and I was able to actually grab like a, a Derrick Henry or somebody uh, where I could have got him. So I was pleased enough to get Derrick Henry yeah. uh, in, in some of those best ball drafts and not get Aaron Jones. But uh, I, I like Aaron Jones too. And then heading out to Denver, the high-powered Broncos. Is that a high-powered Broncos offense coming? What do you think of all those pieces? Jerry Judy from the draft, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, picked up Melvin Gordon. They still got Phillip Lindsay. That offense looks like that. they could be ramping up to do some damage. And I know Elway's been trying to do anything with a quarterback, just land a quarterback, right, since he's taken over, but... I, I think there's a high-powered Broncos offense on the horizon, maybe similar to Philly. They're kind of building something out there. I, I can see that. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton's got to go to the next level now. Yeah. He's got to show that he's he's a top-shelf receiver. I mean, he, he just has to. Uh, Noah Font, uh, you know, he's, he's in the mix with a lot of other – tight ends that it's like, uh, you know, they got to step it up too. Uh, Hawkinson of Detroit falls in that category for me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as an example, your, your boy on the Packers, uh, their tight end also ha- falls in that category for me. Um, I'm probably not as high on Denver's offense as you are. I never was a Melvin Gordon guy. Uh, I'm probably still not a Melvin Gordon guy. Uh, I know that they brought him over to use him. So fantasy-wise, maybe he's going to have his best fantasy season in in memory this year. Yeah, he he's could. A proven, he's a proven commodity, and they they need him. They need him because I still think you know their receivers have to gel, their tight end has to gel. Uh, you know if. You know, I'm I'm not as high on them. If, if there is a if, if if he if if any of those guys are sitting there and there's somebody from another team that I like their offense better and I like their line better and I like their quarterback better, uh, I would probably shy away from the Denver guy and go with somebody else. Um. That's, you know, if Cortland Sutton was sitting there at the same time, say, um, uh, Debo Samuels was sitting there, if the two of them, if if the two of them were next up for me on my list, I'd probably take Debo Samuels as an example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. A lot of the Broncos players, you can get kind of late in the fantasy drafts, which is nice. So for me, I look at a lot of those guys as like your upside picks and, uh, guys that could hit i think that offense could could do some damage this season i'm trying to get to the the rankings here just to look in that neighborhood because yeah if you're looking at Cortland sutton 
you're going around the neighborhood of Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, DJ Shark, Terry McLaurin, okay. DK Metcalf, and yeah, I, I'd take I'd take Ridley. Any of those, any of those guys. Yeah, I, I probably would too. Um, any of those guys, uh, and that includes McLaurin. You, you made a statement that you like some fantasy value on Washington earlier, and it seems that you feel the same way about Denver. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be drafting in the same league later in this month. Uh, I, if you go with a lot of those players, you're probably going to not see me go with too many of them. I mean, if McLaurin is a guy that drops and drops, I might go with him. But, you know, he seems to be a fantasy darling. A lot of people like him. Yeah. Uh, and um, I have not been sold on the guy yet. Uh, I was burned with Darius Geis. Uh, picked him. Too many times, uh, and I may stay away from him. A little bit of uh, re- recency bias, but back to Denver, same kind of deal with me. Their players just don't stand out enough for me. And in the in the rankings that some of their players are lumped in with, uh, I'll go with a DJ Shark over Cortland Sutton. Yeah, some of them typically on like the mock drafts, you you run the mock drafts and all those players that I listed will typically go above him and then Uh he'll scoot down the board a little bit and then that's when you're looking at your board and you're going value, you're going upside, whatever your preference is, you know, would be a reason to pick him up or or pass on him. So that's typically what I've been seeing for drafts. And the only reason why I would be taking guys like that where they are is because my style is to go running back heavy earlier in the draft. So then when I'm loading up on wide receivers, I'm loading up on wide receivers, and and I hope at least, you know, maybe two of them hit, you know, in in that range of player. Um, I very rarely end up taking, uh, like, Devontae Adams, uh, Mike Evans, I, I, um, Julio Jones, I rarely end up with those guys in the draft. I'll, I'll pick another running back when those guys are available 10 out of 10 times. Right. So, yep. The same here. I usually miss out on those guys. I never really get a lot of shares of them fantasy wise. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, yeah. So, you know, the high powered Broncos, um, I don't know. You'll believe it when you see it. That's right. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go into uh, a little more of the off season here. Looking at free agent moves, draft stuff, you know, everything that's happened between, you know, the past couple months here. Who do you think got better this off season? Any team that stands out where you just kind of look back and go, damn, I think they, they did a lot of the right things. Denver. <laughs> I I literally wrote Denver on this list. Yes, of course they got better. But, uh, you know, they got to take a step up. And I actually think Baltimore got better. I I, I know it's hard to say because they were really, really good last year. But now that they have straightened out their running back and their tight end situation on offense – I, I think they're ready to you – know, I think they're better. I, and I don't see a regression from Lamar Jackson. There's that word. Yeah. So I, those are two th- two teams that I think got better. Well, in the Broncos, what do you think just overall like 
picking up Gordon and the uh, and yeah. drafting the receiver because Judy's a, a stud. He was supposed to be one of the yeah, best yeah. route runners too there. Absolutely, and he's a big boy too. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah, absolutely, and I think Fant is gonna is gonna do better than he than he ha- had done last year. But again, I I need to see it from them. But on paper, y- you you can't convince me that they didn't get better. Yeah, they got that's true. better. Well, you, they're, they're they're still Denver. Well, you know I'm going to pick the Ravens, obviously. I and I and I'm not saying that as a homer pick. I really was right. trying to go somewhere else with a different team, but it I keep going back to the Ravens because, like you said, with um, you know, the tight end is set. They've got to get the receivers to step up, but they signed Calais Campbell away on defense. You know, they they got bounced from the playoffs because they couldn't stop the run. So they they pick up Campbell. They pick up Derek Wolf from the Broncos, and that's a guy that Von Miller said he would credit half of his sacks to Derek Wolf. And then they somebody made a montage or a little highlight video of Derek Wolf clogging up lanes and gaps and letting Miller get open. And he, he's right; he was totally right. Wolf just ate up blockers and let Miller run free. So those two guys on the Ravens D line with Brandon Williams, who's an absolute monster, and uh, Matabuki was a tackle they signed as a rookie here in the draft. They got a really scary front, and it almost reminds me of like the Giants when the Giants were winning the Super Bowl with those defensive fronts where they don't really need to blitz. I mean, they got pressure with their their down linemen is enough to cave in that pocket, and if they want to blitz, that's a little extra, right, and drop the rest of the guys in coverage. On the back end, corners are set, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Earl Thomas, Chuck Clark took over for um, Tony Jefferson, and he was like the the defensive captain calling in the plays, getting guys set. It's supposed to be the smartest guy on defense. And I just think up front, you know, Judon was pretty much their entire blitz package on defense, right? Now they pick up Queen, first rounder out of LSU in the draft, and Wink Martindale can really go to town for dialing up, you know, packages for him, for Judon, for whoever he wants, move – Move Campbell outside, keep him inside. I mean, there's so many movable pieces now that I think that's dangerous. That's a lot. I mean, you it doesn't matter who you're playing. You will, Just scheme it up. Not, you will not have to ever say this year anyway that the Ravens can't stop the run. Right. I mean, that just take that out of your vernacular. And between that and the two pieces that I said got short up on offense, they did get better. And it's hard for, for me to say when a team that's one of the elite, they got better. I think so. We'll see how that plays out. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, who do you, who do you think got worse? I was going to go with the Jets. I just think they're a they're an absolute train wreck. Mosley, I think they just said he's hurt or he's opting out. No, he's opting out. So they pay him, what, 40-some mil, right? Yep. They lure him away from the Ravens, and I'll tell you what, Baltimore, I remember everybody, we lose Mosley, and it's over. This defense sucks without Mosley. He's played two games, and now he opted out. Then you got their offensive guard that just left. They cut him loose. You got Le'Veon Bell as a head case. Um, Just everything. Uh, Robbie Anderson went down to Carolina. I know he's not. he wasn't really anything too special, but he was a stud for them as a receiver. He, He flashed a lot late in the season. And uh, he's gone. They drafted Mims. They've got Jamison Crowder. Darnold really doesn't have a good line to play behind. Gase, you know, he's 
just a goofy kind of coach. I just don't think anything is going right for that team at all. I just feel like they got even worse. I know, and they were they were bad. So they were already bad. Yeah, now it's now it's going to take it to the next level. Bad, which which is why in that in that division, I didn't pick them because they were already putrid. I picked New England uh, as as a team that that kind of got worse. True. Yeah, a lot so, of pieces out. Brady, no Gronk. We yeah, we talked about it, and and you know the 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 defense was carrying the team last year and that might not happen this year. So I think that got worse. Who was the other team you, you had uh, for worse? Oh, for worse. I was just going to say jets. Um, I could probably go with try and think who else. San Diego. Yeah. Or LA, LA chargers. Oh, I know. I I still say that all the time too. I think everybody does. I I screwed that up. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say, I'd say the chargers because now you got Tyrod Taylor in there. I don't know. It's, what is he going to do, right? Yeah. You got Justin Herbert. They drafted sitting in the wings waiting for, you know, he could get a spot too at some point this season if if Taylor were to get hurt or play that horrible that they yank him. I don't know. That's another team too. Yeah, you're right. Two AFC uh, teams. Yep. Yeah, NFC, I don't, I can't really see a team going backwards in the NFC. Carolina maybe. Yeah, may, yep. Carolina without Cam and Rivera, they lost a lot. But they still have some decent skill position guys, so I, I don't know. I just I don't. Know. I just don't know anything enough. There's too much of a question mark. But yes. yeah, Jets are routinely up there. I think oh for the most Lord. part. And now the best part, right? Playoffs. Let's... Playoffs. Uh, don't yeah. talk about playoffs. Are you kidding me? Twenty twenty expanded playoffs. How about that? Ooh. I like your uh, that was a great uh, that was a great Jim Morris senior. Thanks, thanks. I love that's one of my favorite ones. Everybody's favorite. That's just a classic, just a classic. So what what do you think of the expanded playoff? I completely forgot about the they were expanding this year. I did a podcast or whatever the other day, and I'm like, we're running through six, and I went, oh damn it, it's seven. <laughs> I thought it was next year they were doing that. I know. I I think it's watered down. I don't think you need to a team that you know is going to get bounced, right? They deserve it almost. You know, those bubble teams or those teams that have no business sniffing a playoff spot are now going to be in. They're likely just to get bounced that opening weekend. I really can't see a lot of Cinderella stories and stuff like, you know, March Madness, right? I mean, that's kind of a whole different realm. You actually just described New England. New England is going to get in the playoffs, but they're not going to go for it. Yeah, I just don't I don't like that very last that extra spot. I just don't think. And then then you're taking away a bye week from the 2 seed who has worked hard to get that bye week and you're just throwing them in the mix right off the bat and that's what they get for being a 2. I don't know. I I'm not I'm not a fan of that. No, I agree with that, which is why my AFC playoff seeding is Kansas City versus Baltimore. Okay. There, one of them is going to be the one seed, and one of them is going to be the two seed, in my opinion. And the two seed is going to easily dismantle whoever they play in the first round, anyway. Uh, I think it's going to be those two playing for the AFC champion. And then, how do you round out the rest of the field? <sighs> or seeding well, New England. 
New England for sure, Tennessee. So you need seven of them. Yeah. And you know, every season there's three to five that don't return, which in itself is blows my mind every year. Indy, Indy, Indy. So Kansas City, Baltimore, Indy, Tennessee, New England, that's five. Denver, that's six. Buffalo, that's right. You like Buffalo. Buffalo, there's your seven. Yep, that's very close, my friend. I had uh, Chiefs, Ravens, Colts, Bills, Steelers, Titans, Broncos. I think the Broncos squeak in there. Titans return. Steelers are a, a new face. I think the Bills only because they take the division. Colts take their division. And then, yeah, Chiefs, Ravens all day for the for the Super Bowl part trip there. Ah. <sighs> National conference. Yeah, national conference. Okay. What do you think Uh, there for the NFC? Well, first of all, going to the north, Green Bay and Minnesota for sure. In the west, San Fran and Seattle for sure. That's four. In the NFC, Philadelphia and Dallas for sure. So there's six. I, I wonder if you have all six of those right away. I have, excuse me, I have the Saints, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Niners, the Bucks, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. You know, all right. So, who did I say that you don't? Uh, so you don't have Minnesota in there at all. No. Okay. All right. So the big difference there, yeah, because I also said New, uh, New Orleans to win the their division. I guess the difference is the Bucks. Or Minnesota. Um, so that's our one difference. There you go. Yeah. But that's only because I only picked six. I forgot about the seven. I know. I see. See what I mean? I, that, I don't know how that was not even on my radar until a couple days ago. I don't know how. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like the forgotten story, isn't it? I don't even really yeah. hear. I don't really see a lot of buzz about it on Twitter or on you know social media stuff. But I'm sure there will be. But it's just kind of like way in the back of my mind those extra playoff team this season wow so that's gonna be that's gonna be weird very weird what's weird is basketball and hockey are already doing their playoffs right now i know yeah i've been watching the flyers there you go they they've been doing okay so far hockey action yo exactly so the super bowl for me is going to be philadelphia and baltimore uh i don't know if you agree with that you probably well, I was going to say uh, you know our last segment here let's let's pick the Super Bowl winners I was I was going Ravens over Saints okay I Saints think the Saints got good. enough to get there fine they've been just snake bitten right I, I think they are this very year, strong they whew, are I think this year they can do it though uh, but I just picked those two because you know it's your team and my team so and you yeah you said the Eagles and Ravens. Yes. All right, I'm I'm d- typing it in here, so we're gonna re- we're gonna revisit this. And and everything and my my Philadelphia pick. Remember, I picked them to win the NFC East. I'm picking them to go to the Super Bowl to outlast six other teams in the playoffs. If uh, God forbid, uh, Miles Sanders has COVID nineteen, then my pick is out the window. 
Right. Yeah, that could change everything. Everything. Hopefully uh, not. Hopefully not. But we'll see what happens. I know. I know. Well, I am in the league that I'm commissioner of. I expanded uh, the rosters. I I added one bench spot and introduced two IR spots. We have not had IR in that league. I introduced two IR spots and added a bench spot. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I think I was going to do that on mine as well and add add an additional bench spot. And then I usually, to be honest, I typically do about three IR spots because the injuries are sometimes they're heavy, you know, and a lot of key players are banged up or out. So the way players get injured, I keep that to about three. And then you can also use it for players that are getting suspended because there's so many of those guys as well. So I keep it about three. So I think I'd expand it to five for the COVID-19 stuff because there's going to be some guys drop or have to quarantine at some point during the season. And you can't think for a second it's not going to be a big name guy, right? It's going to hit somebody. It's going to hit a team. So regardless, it's it's going to come down to some big names that you have on your squad. You might as well expand it. But yeah, I got to I got to plug that and update my settings. I got I got to pick the brains of some people that are you know that are running leagues in addition to yourself, uh, just to wrap things up here because uh, I don't even know now. Now that you mention it, if two IR spots is going to be enough. Traditionally, when I have been in leagues with IR, basically it's just if your player is out, if he's listed out, you can put him on IR. That's it. Out for whatever reason. Like injury wise or suspended wise, everything. Well, suspended. You know, if a guy's suspended, if you want to hold on to him on your IR, you can hold on to him yeah. on your IR. Yeah. But but, <laughs> you know, if he's suspended for six games or whatever, you know, like like for example, Kareem Hunt, you know, last year, do you want you want to carry him because you may never get to the playoffs because you're carrying him. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're waiting. You know, if one of your other players got hurt now, what do you do? Because most leagues I've been in with IRs only have one IR spot. Um, so yeah, I think most I, of the I, ones I, I've done are two. Yeah, no, I, I've never been in one with more. I, it's either been none or one. Wow. So, yeah, most of the ones I've been, it's like two. And then uh-huh. with this Corona stuff, you got to you got I think you got to expand it to five. Maybe okay. more depending on what happens in the season, but I think I'll leave that to like a vote or something during the season. Maybe, you know, revisit it week five or six and say, what does everybody think? Do we need to add another one? It, it could not be, you know, maybe it's a non factor. Maybe it doesn't happen as bad as we think it's going to. You never know. But I think with five, you'd be safe for injuries oh, plus Corona and well, see what, right, see how it shakes right now, down. We, yeah, we see baseball is rampant with it. We haven't seen as much with hockey. Just a couple of players here and there and basketball, but baseball, my God. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's I mean, bad. The Phillies and the Marlins, the Phillies, the Marlins, a couple of more teams are starting to get hit by it. We will see. That's, that's it. All right. Well, you wanted an hour, you got two. Well, we're good. We we had a lot of ground to cover. That was fun. I love talking to NFL with you. And uh, really, I mean, we don't have long to go here. This is the home stretch. So we just got to get through August and uh, and we will have some football action and it will be back to whatever degree it is. And I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. No expectations this 
you know, with such a crazy year this year. So you just got to enjoy it. It's been my pleasure. I had fun too. Yeah. Well, thanks for hopping on with me and uh, we'll definitely be talking this season on Twitter. Give Mitch a follow at Mitch Zimmer 2020 that it's not his presidential campaign bumper sticker. It's the, the hash or the handle um, at Mitch Zimmer 2020. So give him a follow on there for some good fantasy and NFL insight throughout the season. It's always, always a good follow there. Thank you. You as well. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk to you later. All right. Be well. You too. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right. This press conference is over. Go away. I have no, it's over, pal. Well, it's what? over.